it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, a friend request, and I will probably give you one in return if it's necessary for that platform. And I'm here to talk what else but wrestling and problems. Interesting week in the world of wrestling. The Rock was a very, very busy man. So we're going to have a lot of news about The Rock this week. (laughs) Way more than normal, considering he's not wrestling anytime soon that we know of. So we're going to get into that in just a little bit. We also got some NXT TakeOver news we're going to do. We're going to review that show. Spoiler alert, I enjoyed it. which I do for most NXT TakeOver shows, but we got that coming up, and we got some other uh, various news stories we want to discuss as well. We got some Joy Ryan news. Yuck. (laughs) That's all I'll say about that for now. Yuck. And we got some news about WrestleMania 37. And we're going to discuss Impact Wrestling a little bit, but where to begin, where to begin, I guess we'll start with NXT TakeOver 31. Like I just mentioned a few moments ago, I enjoyed this uh, pay-per-view event very much. Um, I'm going to break down some of the matches and let you know some of the things I liked. And I'm going to say didn't like, but there's not really much I didn't like on this show. So it'll be mostly stuff that I liked and why I liked it. I guess I'll start off with uh, uh, stuff that I didn't actually see because I didn't even know it existed. So actually, this will be something I didn't like. Uh, I did try to rush and watch the kickoff show before uh, doing the show today. I ended up fast forwarding through almost the whole thing because apparently there was no matches on it. So they had a kickoff show with no matches. Granted, I really don't care that much about the kickoff show matches. Uh, If they have them, I'll watch them. If they don't, I'm not that concerned. I am kind of concerned when they have dark matches, I don't get to see though. Uh, I like watching Zia Lee. So I'm kind of mad I didn't see her match against Emily and Zeus. I'm assuming Emily and Zulus is somebody that they wanted to bring in just you know just check out maybe this, maybe that was a trial for her, uh, but I miss I'm you know I'm kind of upset I, I'm not saying upset that's a little bit strong but I'm kind of disappointed I get to see didn't get to see Zia Lee. Uh, there's not that much Chinese talent in the world of professional wrestling just yet. I'm sure that'll change over the next you know decade or so as 
WWE gets more involved in China and uh, there's more, you know, crossover talent there as they start to build up their infrastructure. But um, I do enjoy watching Zia Lee. So I'm kind of disappointed I get just to see a chance to match. Uh, they did have a match. Apparently it was a dark match. It doesn't even list who won. So I don't even know who won that match. Uh, Danny Birch also had a singles match versus Daniel uh, Vidat. Uh, Daniel Vidat is apparently an Australian uh, wrestler, and he used to be a professional rugby league footballer. Uh, but since he plays uh, <laughs> rugby league, <laughs> and I play rugby union, I'm like, nope, pass. That doesn't count. Rugby league doesn't count. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of a rivalry between rugby union and rugby league. Basically, rugby league has 13 players, I believe. Union has 15. And they don't do the rucks after the tackles, which is like one of the things I really like about rugby. So <laughs> I'm really disappointed by that. Anyway, uh, I'm sure you didn't want to hear this much about rugby, but I'm going to be one last sentence before we go uh, about rugby. And then I'm going to go ahead and move on. Uh, the rucking thing is a little thing they do at the tackle. Basically, you basically have to fight for the ball after each tackle. So the tackle doesn't just end the play. Uh, you just sort of fight at the line of what would be a football, the line of scrimmage for the ball. Basically, you push each other back and forth if you choose to do so. But anyway, uh, he had a match, and I don't know who won. Anyway, let's get on to the matches that we actually did get to see. Uh, this is also the debut of the Capitol Wrestling Center, which is basically the performance center set up like the Thunderdome. Uh, I did like one touch they added to the uh, – Thunderdome type setup. They did have the screens with the fans, but they did actually have some live wrestlers there to serve as a live audience. Not 100% sure why they had them behind a chain link fence, although my theory is uh, they did that to sort of just decorate the uh, the plexiglass that they had 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 them behind, and it looks a little bit you know tougher as well. So it's a nice decoration, rather, because that plexiglass doesn't necessarily look good on a wrestling show. I don't think on the screen. I don't think it. Uh, enhances the looks. I think that's why they added the chain link fence. I can't be certain about this. I haven't done any research. This is just my theory as somebody who watched it. So if I do find out before the episode ends or if I do find out in the week between now and uh, the next show, I will uh, either tweet about it or you know save it for the show next week. Who knows? Anyway, uh, that's why you got to follow King David Lane on Twitter. That way you get the information that doesn't come on the show a little bit quicker. But anyway, uh, Back to the matches, you had Damian Priest, the champion, defeated Johnny Gargano. This was a nice, great, uh, bigger man versus smaller man type match. Johnny Gargano was the underdog. He was in an underdog role. Obviously, he's the heel, so he's, he's the heel in this particular matchup, so he's cheating, trying everything to get the win, uh, taking a beating, uh, but he didn't quite have enough, and he did uh, end up losing the match to Damian Priest. Uh, it was a nice matchup, though. This is this is the feud I wouldn't necessarily mind seeing a little bit more of. So uh, maybe we'll get a rematch at some point between now, the next TakeOver, or maybe one of the uh, weekly shows on NXT. But overall, it was a very, very good match. Solid work on both, far, on, on both their parts. So hats off to them. Uh, next, we had a singles match. This is more like a grudge match. This was pretty much the only match on the card that wasn't for a title. They did have a little bit of a go around, you know, some previous events. Uh, Kushida, defeat, Kushida defeated Velveteen Dream by submission. Uh, Velveteen, Velveteen Dream seems to be in a losing streak lately. <laughs> and 
I'm guessing that's because of what he didn't do, <laughs> even though he was accused of doing, and there seems to be a lot of alleged evidence that he did. So I guess they brought him back. But uh, I'm assuming what they uh, found, and this is just speculation allegedly, what they found is he tried some stuff but didn't actually get to pull off some stuff. Because everything I saw said he was you know, grooming allegedly but didn't actually uh, meet up with anybody. So I'm assuming he's going to be in a doghouse for a nice long period of time allegedly for what he didn't allegedly do allegedly. <laughs> but anyway, because uh, he seemed to be on that rocket ship to either the main roster or at least the, the main title at some point and he's got neither and he's been losing quite a bit since he took his leave in addition to his quote car accident. But anyway, uh, this was a good match. Uh, you expect good work by both these guys. They, they put on a great show. Uh, next, we got a singles match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, you had Santos Escobar, the champion, defeat Isaiah Square of Scott with Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza, who didn't actually come to ring with Santos Escobar. They did make their presence felt a little bit later in the match. And in addition to that, uh, Isaiah Squirrel Scott did have a, uh, a buddy come down. I'm drawing, a, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name at the moment. So uh, I'm going to take a second to look that up. And uh, hopefully I'll have that information for you in just a second. Uh, but this, this was a great match, though. Uh, obviously, you expect the Cruiserweight match to be good. You expect the match with Santos Escobar to be good. You expect the match with Isaiah Squirrel Scott to be good. So... Uh, <coughs> Some nice high flyer moves, some great work. Uh, basically, they, they they did a good job of making Swerve look credible. He actually had beat uh, Santos Escobar a few times in to lead up to this. Oh yeah, by the way, the, the gentleman's name who helped interfere on behalf of uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott is Ashante the Adonis. <coughs> so uh, they did interview him after the match, and they asked him why he interfered. So it doesn't appear that they quote have any sort of alliance or a team. You just said he was trying to help a brother out because he was sick of seeing Santos Escobar have all his interference. So they don't currently have an official on-screen relationship like a tag team or a stable thing like that. Although you never know, maybe maybe this is the start of it. Maybe they're building towards that. But uh, basically, once uh, but once Wild and uh, Mendoza came down to help Escobar, Swerve Scott came in, and uh, I mean uh, Adonis came in. Helped Squirrel Scott out. Wasn't quite enough, though, because uh, even since it was three on two, Isaiah Squirrel Scott came to clear out the other guy that was backing up Escobar. And by the time he got back in the ring, uh, it was just enough time for Santos Escobar to sort of get the drop on him. So uh, Santos Escobar did end up pulling out the win, although technically there was no direct interference from uh, Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza. Yeah, another great match. Next, we had Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. The champion defeated Candice LeRae. So uh, the Gargano family ended up 0 for 2. I expect I thought they were going to go 0 for, I thought they were end up going to go like 1 for 1. But they ended up going 0 for 2, apparently. So uh, it did not work out uh, the way that I thought. But it did end up happening. So, uh, so... I was one for one on my predictions for that match. Uh, this was a great match, by the way. Uh, I really forgot how much I like Io Shirai's in ring work. 
I knew she was good prior to this, but I kind of forgot a little bit because, like I said, I mentioned last week when we did our predictions, she did uh, she does great work in the ring, but she is lacking just a little bit in the personality department. Her personality isn't bad; it's just it just doesn't seem to exist that much. They get I don't know if it's just WWE just 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 doesn't give her enough to do personality wise or what, but. Compare it to uh, some of the other talent, uh, especially some of the other uh, female talent, if you want to get specific Japanese talent, they're not doing as good a job as they've done with some of the other Japanese talent to come over showing off personality for her. Because, you know, in the past, you know, it was not always good how Japanese talent in general were portrayed. The Japanese female talent was not portrayed all that well either, but uh, overall, uh, they finally... Got the got their stuff together for Oscar because she was kind of floundering for a while too, but they finally got stuff together for her, uh, and then uh, they also got it. Uh, they got it together for Oscar. They didn't haven't got it ready for Io Shirai. Uh, so uh, I was hoping that they would. Uh, I still hope that they find a way to do that for her, uh, but her in ring work is not to be questioned. You know, it's great. Uh, in addition to that, uh, oh yeah, by, by the way, I was trying to trying to think of Kyrie Sane's name. She's the other uh, Japanese hat. They did a really good job with showing the personality. I'm sorry. That's why it took me a little bit of a second. No worry. I wasn't spacing out. I was just trying to think of the other wrestler that I really like from Japan, even though she's uh, possibly retired or just on a break. She has left WWE at least for uh, right now. But uh, they did a great job with her personality. She actually shined personality-wise from pretty much the moment they put her in the uh, May Young tournament. She had something that was very, very different than a lot of the other uh, Japanese female talent they portrayed. They they really didn't do anything quote traditional Japanese for her. So it was a refreshing change to see her do something totally different. Because uh, you know, uh, Chris Best, my co-host on the show, who's uh, not on the show this week has mentioned uh previously that uh that you know back in the day if you were black you didn't get a gimmick <laughs> your gimmick was that you were black so that's all you got that's pretty much what you did uh you know you, you'd have uh you know different white wrestlers they might have a job they might be a mechanic they might do this they might do that they might be a cowboy there was no black cowboys there was none of that stuff you were black Pretty much your gimmick was you were black. The same thing sort of applied to Japanese uh, wrestlers, too. They would always do something stereotypically Japanese. Uh, the stereotype running back in the day was, you know, after Pearl Harbor, basically from the 40s all the way until, like, really probably the 2000s. It was, you know, they were sneaky, uh, that sort of stuff. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying that, that was a stereotype, just so we're clear. I'm not saying that that's the way it works. I'm saying that's the stereotype. Uh, but, you know, like I said, so you, since, which you had Kyrie Shane doing the whole pirate princess thing, it was like really, really fun and different to see somebody showing their personality different. And if you see uh, Kyrie Shane and Asuka on their uh, like Instagram and some of their social media, you really get to see that shine through too. So uh, they need to find a way to make that work for Io Shirai a little bit and to show off a little bit more personality. Because I think unless they do that, if she ever makes it to the main roster, quote, 
even though it's not really a main roster anymore. NXT is, is sort of its own thing. If she ever goes to Raw or SmackDown, she'll get lost in the shuffle with no personality. Because it took, it even, like I said, it even took Asuka a while with some personality to, to sort of take that step. So she definitely needs to some development in that way. Or they need to showcase her better. Because like I said, I don't know if she lacks personality or if it's just how they're using her, but it does not shine. But again, her ring work is great. Another great match. Uh, like Candice LeRae is somebody that they've done a great job developing her personality because she was sort of bland and you know, boring when she first developed. I don't know if that was the case. They were just losing her wrong or she hadn't found her voice or whatever, or maybe they just put more time in with her, but her poison pixie gimmick is great job. And, um, and it's, and it's uh, really enjoyable personality wise and her ring wrestling, is, her in ring work is very, very good as well. So, uh, uh, if I had to, actually, if I had to make a comp for Candice LeRae, I'd say the, the the closest comp probably is Alexa Bliss, as far as somebody that's on the uh, Raw or SmackDown brand. So, another great match on there in that regard. And in addition to that, we got the NXT Championship match: Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, Finn Balor got the win. Again, another great match. This was a nice, hard hitting. But with some, you know, with, with a little bit of, you know, aerial stuff in it, too. But this is more of a traditional, quote, main event, you know, fight style match, but not being, it wasn't a hardcore match. It was a nice, strong style match, but it wasn't a hardcore match. And it was very, very enjoyable. Uh, they did a great job with submissions. They did a great job. The announcers did a great job telling a story, talking about liver punches and the liver kicks and stuff like that. Shots for the body, how you get knocked out. So they sold the story well, they told the story well, and the wrestling was very, very good. And so overall, this is a, this is a great card from top to bottom. This is one of those cards where I actually was able to pay attention really, really well to a card. I didn't need to take feel like I need to take a nap. I was mostly able to concentrate on the show. You know, I watched. I still ended up watching it in two uh, parts, mainly because uh, yesterday I had to watch the Bears game and I had improv rehearsal, so I had a bunch of stuff to do leading into the evening, so I didn't want to try to stay up until 1 o'clock watching wrestling, but I, I and still ended up staying up to midnight, and I watched the last hour earlier today. So overall, it was a great show from top to bottom. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this, I'm going to go ahead and give this show an A- minus grade. Like I said, it was very, very good from top to bottom. Um, not perfect, but, but damn near. And I think, part, like I said, part of what Part of what made it, made it maybe would have gave it a, bit, a perfect grade, like an A plus grade, is if there was a little bit more crowd involvement, et cetera, et cetera. I think that might have hurt it just a little bit, not enough to make me not enjoy it, but maybe that was like the sort of other missing thing. Uh, because you know, like I said, I enjoyed it. The crowd apparently enjoyed it, you know, at home. But it's, it's, it's you still don't get that same sort of pop from a crowd that's at home as opposed to a crowd that's live. And like I said, like I mentioned before on the show, the one thing I do like about the show better as far as not having a live crowd there is, when they do those sneak attacks, you don't get the sort of warning buzz that happens before they run to the ring. Now, as far as the TV goes, the TV cameras normally, when producers producing right and the cameramen are in right position, uh, you don't see the wrestlers running up, but you almost always hit the crowd pop before they come out and do the run in. So that's the one thing I like about not having much of a live crowd. Overall, again, A minus card, uh, great show, really, really enjoyable. 
Anyway, uh, now that we got that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. Coming up, we got a lot of news about The Rock coming up. We're going to get into that in just a second. You're listening to Wrestling With Problems on VOCNation.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. And we're back on wrestling with problems. And I guess I got a couple of problems to add to the mix real fast because apparently a couple of different news stories broke broke in between uh, me starting the show and uh, <laughs> and right now. So I guess I'll go ahead and go into those. I won't go into. I guess I probably won't go into that much in the way of details as far as these next two stories because I don't have as much information. First, uh, there's been a cancellation in the world of wrestling. If you have Netflix, you might have watched the TV show Glow on Netflix. Uh, it has now been canceled. Originally, they were going to do a fourth season, uh, but apparently uh, COVID has led them to change their mind about that. Uh, basically, it's 
basically, you know, it's really hard to get together and do stuff live and shoot stuff. It's a, it has a large ensemble cast. That would make it so much more expensive, even more than a lot of shows to do. So they were trying to get the show back together in production over the last few months. But even if they did it, the show wouldn't even premiere to 2022. And then obviously they're in very, very close proximity with the large cast. So they decided uh, they're going to go ahead and uh, end the show after the third season. So there was supposed to be one last season. Apparently that's not going to happen. Although you never know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a couple years from now they do a movie or something to wrap it up. It's a flexible situation, but as it stands now, Glow will not be back for the fourth year. Uh, I have not had a chance to watch Glow. I will probably get around to it eventually, but I have not had a chance to watch it. That's why I won't comment on it too much. I can't say that I'm going to miss it, or I can't say that it's great, or I can't say that it's terrible. I have not watched it, but I heard great things about it. I do want to watch it eventually. I just haven't got around to it. You know me. I play rugby. I do improv. I do stand-up. I watched the 1,500 hours of wrestling a week that we have already, including uh, Impact, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, MLW, Ring of Honor, back when it was producing you know, new shows, which reminds me, they are producing new shows, so I need to start watching them again. I ended up taking a break once they started going into like the old stuff again. But uh, rest in peace, Glow. <laughs> anyway, the other uh, sort of big story that sort of broke uh, as I started the show, apparently Sarah Stock has been arrested. She was a producer for uh, backstage producer for uh, WWE. You may have known her as Sarita when she was in uh, TNA. She also wrestled her name's Dark Angel and Canadian Dark Angel. Uh, but apparently she's been arrested in Vandenberg County, Indiana. I'm from Indiana. I don't know what county that is. I don't know where that is, rather. Uh, Actually, I'm going to do, a, since I'm on the air, I'll just do a quick search. Oh, that is the Evansville area. That's down the bottom of the state. That's that's where they wear their, the, the, they used to wear the, quote, long sleeve jerseys. <laughs> Not long sleeve, uh, short, they used to wear short sleeve uh, t-shirt style jerseys as opposed to the tank tops that most basketball teams wear, their colleges do that. That was literally the only reason I knew Evansville at all. The Purple Aces. I do believe at some point they might have brought them back, though. Uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a deep dive real quick and see uh, if they brought back those jerseys, but I believe they did at some point because that was the complaint. It was really the only reason that anybody knew them. The fact that they wore those short sleeve jerseys, they wore them and they finally got rid of them at some point. And for some stupid reason, there's no announcement. Okay, here we go. They did finally uh, bring back a throwback jersey, apparently, back in 2018. So uh, there's your news right there. The other funny thing about it was, you know, this is right a couple years ago. That's when they started having a few basketball teams started wearing a short sleeve jersey. So everybody, it reminded everybody of the Purple Aces thing. So they were like the uh, originators of the look. And then they sort of brought it back a couple years ago when it started getting popular again. So, which I still don't understand why it's popular. <laughs> I always thought it was interesting, but having played basketball with short sleeves and without short sleeves and with tank tops, I realized tank tops are better. <laughs> but anyway, back to the world of wrestling. 
Uh, Sarah Stock did get arrested, apparently. Uh, according to Pro Wrestling Insider, SCScoops.com, uh, she was booked and released every, early Sunday morning by the Vandenberg Sheriff Department. Uh, she was released during, during a COVID furlough. Uh, and it, it says that she was allegedly, or well, not allegedly, she was arrested, but the alleged crime was aggravated battery public intoxication, disability conduct, and resistant law enforcement. So that makes you think possibly allegedly drinking, because uh, that's usually what you get. Drunk people tend to get angry, fight, and they're the ones that want to fight with the police, most likely. So at any rate, uh, I don't have any more details other than that at the moment. Uh, we'll try to do a follow-up on it next week, or I'll probably follow up at some point on my Twitter account, so you can check it out there if I get more information. But uh sounds like she's having some personal problems. I hope she's able to get those issues together. Uh, by the way, in case you don't uh, remember, uh, when she, she actually teamed with Zelina Vega when Zelina Vega was going by Rosita in uh, TNA, and they ended up, actually ended up having the knockout uh, tag team championship twice. Uh, she actually won it originally with Taylor Wilde, and then she won it. She won it with Zelina Vega later on. So anyway. Uh, I don't have more details, so for right now, I wish her the best. If it turned out she did something really, really terrible and, you know, some domestic violence type stuff or, you know, something like that, maybe I won't wish her well. But for the time being, I wish her well and hope she gets her life together. Because I've enjoyed watching her entertainment-wise over the years, and I hope, you know, she can get back to, you know, helping people or getting back in the business, if, assuming, you know, what she did isn't as bad as it might be. So, but anyway, back to the world of other wrestling news. Uh, we got, uh, oh yeah, here's another interesting thing that I thought that I just happened to see, you know, while I was on the air, I wasn't planning on talking about this cause I hadn't seen this, but Triple H attributes Velveteen Dream's rough year <laughs> to a maturity in his personal life. Uh, what? <laughs> anyway, Sunday afternoon prior to takeover 31 at the Capitol wrestling center, they, uh, he apparently touched on a lot of different topics. I want to thank SC Swift for this information as well. Uh, he was cute. Velveteen Dream was accused of having sexually inappropriate communication with a minor earlier this year. WWE says they conducted an investigation to the matter and didn't find anything. Other accusers says he was never contacted by WWE. Now, uh, during the Q&A, Triple H commented on Velveteen Dream's match against Casita. He expressed that Dream is coming off right here resulting in immaturity in his personal life. So, he was alleged to have been contacting minors for sexual activities, possibly, allegedly. And that's immaturity in his personal life. I don't think that's how that works. That's technically immaturity in their personal life, actually. So, uh, Triple H previously stated WWE has moved on from the alleged underage sexting situation. Like I mentioned earlier, I think that's probably what they came up with. They came up with a sex scene, but since there was no possibly sex scene, but no other activities that she's there touching about it, just kind of let's let it go. But the hashtag Fire Velvet Dream has trended numerous times, particularly when one fan <laughs> put it up on the Thunderdome. So, uh, anyway, we already discussed the match. Casita picked up the win over Velvet Dream at NXT TakeOver, so he's kind of on the and I'm willing to bet that's why. He better, he better, assuming that. 
they decide to push him in the future, he better have a nice, long streak of clean activities and no allegations come up against him. Anyway, moving on. Some happier news. Uh, WWE announced NXT Halloween Havoc, which is actually going to take place October 28th. This is not going to be a takeover. This is going to be one of the Wednesday shows. So uh, they did announce this during uh, TakeOver. Uh, they did just remodel the Performance Center in Orlando, so I wonder how they're going to do it to make it look different. Overall, the set did look very, very good. Uh, apparently, their last themed event was the week of 4th July, the Great American Bash. took place over a couple weeks. Most likely, this is just going to be a uh, one-week show since it's Halloween Havoc and it's taking place the 28th. It doesn't really make sense to do a Halloween show in November. So, Anyway, uh, Halloween Havoc lasted from 89 to 2000 under, WCW, under the WCW banner. So they're just making proper use of their uh, WCW intellectual property. By the way, that's that's something I meant to mention earlier. Uh, them using the name Capital Wrestling Center is probably just another case of them using intellectual property that they already own. They're like, hey, we should find a use for this. We haven't used this name in like 43 years. Let's use, use it now because that was, that, was that was one of the names of the company prior to Vince taking over. Matter of fact, it even predates, I believe it even predates Worldwide Wrestling Federation. So even longer than 43 years now that I think about it, because I think uh, Vince took over and it became WWF sometime around 1977, possibly. I don't know the exact history off the top of my head, but uh, uh, basically uh, the companies, you know, sort of changed places, changed names a few times. Uh been a worldwide wrestling federation capital wrestling uh when it was taking place more from dc uh as well as uh wwf and wwe but anyway uh i wonder what they're gonna they they do have a prominent picture of nxt halloween havoc and of course they use uh shotsky blackheart very very prominently in this picture which makes complete freaking sense (laughs) They could, I guess they could always slide the Undertaker in if they want to, but they probably won't. <laughs> Since it's NXT, I don't think they'll have. They'll, I don't think they'll use the Undertaker, but it would be something cool to see if they could use the Undertaker somehow. I would like to see that. They also could use Papa Shango as well. I would like to see that as well. There's, there's all sorts of gimmicks they could probably uh, bring back for this particular one. Anyway, moving on. Let's go ahead and get into some impact on Access TV viewership. Uh, here's the latest information. Uh, they're pretty much steady, just under 200,000 viewer mark. Uh, there was a report by WrestleNomics. They've been consistent for the most part, but they did see a big increase for a show at the end of September headlined by Jordan, Jordan Grace and Tennille Dashwood. It apparently did not go well when they went up against uh, NXT on those two Super Tuesday shows, however. Apparently, they dropped the episodes when they were opposed by uh, NXT. The ratings dropped in half or even more. Uh, The episodes running from late July to late September... Apparently, the top episode did 200,000. The normal episodes normally did 
I'd say probably one in the neighborhood of 150,000 to 180,000. Those were like the normal views, but they took a huge dip when they went went against uh, Takeover. The first show against Takeover did 102,000 viewers, and then the second one only did 78,000, which is brutal. <laughs> they do have some inter- international distribution. They have a uh, deals with Fight Network, uh, and that's like sort of a big specialty channel mini cable satellite packages outside the United States. But overall, like I said, their most part they're hanging in there around two hundred thousand in most weeks. That doesn't include, you know, what other places they might be picked up and whatnot, but uh th- that's your impact ratings news. Now let's move on to some uh other ratings news. We do have some other ratings news as far as uh uh NXT and uh AEW. So let's go ahead and uh, look into that real fast. Let's see what uh, the ratings for last week were. And it's just wonderful. My computer er, did a little crappy thing where it jumped towards web page that I didn't want to even look for. So let's try that again. Let's see scoops. AEW. Next key ratings. Doesn't like producing a show and recording a show all by yourself. <laughs> it's no fun sometimes. Sometimes it's fun because I don't have to worry about you being interrupted, but sometimes it's less fun. But anyway, here are your ratings for last week's. Uh, AEW did 806,000 uh, viewers, 0.33 rating, uh, 12th on the night for cable. Uh, NXT did 732,000.19 rating, 50th on cable for the evening. Uh, Raw did about 1.8 million, which is about a million more viewers with the 0.50 rating in the key demographic. By the way, I should have said uh, the 0.33 and the 0.19 were the uh, demo ratings, rather. So uh, Dynamite did go up 31,000 for the week. NXT went up 36,000 for the week. So, uh, for the most part, I think uh, the ratings for AEW have finally stabilized. They were they kept dropping for the longest, finally sort of bounced back, and now they're, they're sort of they sort of stable in the eight hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand range. So uh, I'm glad to see that they finally have gotten the stuff back together there. NXT, like I said, is, I think they're finally stable too in around the seven hundred thousand range. They were having the same problem, but anyway, uh, back to other wrestling news next we got uh we're gonna go ahead and take a commercial break i'm gonna bring our good friend brian into the show you're listening to wrestling with problems we're gonna talk about the rock in just a bit so don't you touch the metrics out it doesn't exist because this is not the radio this is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are 
Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation radio network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. And welcome back to Wrestling World Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and request. I'll give you a return. I am not joined by my co-host, Chris Best. Chris Best has allegedly... He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. But we hope he will return one day soon. You know, maybe maybe the zombie apocalypse will become one of us and he'll be back alive again. So you never know. But we're hopeful. But anyway, until then, I'm joined now by my uh, third man in the booth, who's the second man in the booth right now, Brian Hunter at Brockbuzz on Twitter. Brian, how's it going? It's going pretty good, King. It's going well for the wrestling world, especially after TakeOver. Okay, well, I did my thoughts on TakeOver uh, earlier, so you go ahead and uh, you can do your piece on it. And you can also comment on any of the other things I discussed earlier in the show, if you wish. But uh, first, do TakeOver. Then any thoughts you had on anything else I had to talk about during the show, and then we'll get into the news with The Rock. Okay, first of all, um, I want to give a overall A for the pay-per-view. As usual, um, NXT know how to deliver a story. They know how to um, sell um, the match. They know what to do. Now, hopefully, 
other um, wrestling organizations can learn from what um, NXT is doing currently. Now, I have to say my favorite match was actually um, not the main event. It was actually Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. But I did um, like the car overall. So as as far as um, it, um the the only thing I probably did not like was they did not have the um tag team um titles being defended on NXT Takeover. But outside of that, even with that, it was still uh, a um pay per view. Interesting. Um, like I said, I did enjoy the Christina versus Velveteen Dream match, but what made it the best match for you? Well, for me, um, it um, it had um, for me more of that Japanese strong style that we do not get to see on a regular basis. So I think um, Christina do uh, more of a submission style here, um, more of that um, viciousness. And Velveteen Dream uh, being more of a street fighter versus, um, or, or I want to say street fighter, but I say more of a brawler versus um, how he he uses uh, more uh, wrestling um, technique more than anything. They changed it up a little bit, so it it was um, quite entertaining how they told that story. Okay, like I said, I'm not here to disagree with you. I just want to see what made you. Uh... Like that one over there, match, but like I said, you explained it nice and clear, so no problem. Now, uh, did you have any other thoughts you wanted to express on NXT uh, Takeover in general, or did you want to move on? Uh, we can move on. Okay. Uh, during the show, we discussed uh, uh, in particular uh, Velveteen Dreams' uh, quote immaturity, according to Triple H. Is, is, is that a way you would describe it? <laughs> no. I did not think so. <laughs> uh, also, we discussed Sarah Stock, uh, formerly known as uh, formerly known as Sarita. She was arrested uh, for aggravated battery as well as public intoxication and some other stuff. Uh, do you want to just comment on that at all? Hopefully, she get her um, affairs in order so she could move forward and um, prosper. Okay. I agree. Also, uh, have you had a chance to watch the show Glow on Netflix? I have not. Okay, well, we'll move on with that. Like I said, you, you got in the same category as me. I assume you probably will watch it at some point in the future if you get around to yeah. it, but it's not a priority. Because <laughs> it's been on the air three years. If, if you if it's been on the air three years, you have a chance to watch it, it's clearly not a priority for you. <laughs> same way it's not for me. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I've heard good things and do want to check it out. But, you know, with so much regular wrestling to watch, a TV show about wrestling, it's a little bit harder to squeeze in at the moment. Anyway, I, I definitely do want to get around to it at some point, though. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some of the news about The Rock. Uh, there's been some interesting stories about him. Have you? Did you hear the news about The Rock's TV show? I have not. Okay, well, let me go ahead and uh, fill you in just a little bit. Uh, basically, the TV show about The Rock... About the, basically his life when he was younger. So, uh, uh, are you like rattling paper? <laughs> yes, because we can hear you. We can yeah. hear that really, really bad. So less paper, paper, paper rattling, please. Wait, wait. Uh, the Rock. The, the show is called Young Rock. It'll focus on his early life. 
is being produced by NBC, and they already began production of the show. Apparently, the, the actor that will play him, the main actor that will play him, by the way, is Bradley Constant. We can still hear the paper readily, so please stop. <laughs> uh, the actor playing him is named Bradley Constant. Uh, he will be the main actor playing him. He's playing him at around age 15. Uh, there's going to be two other actors who play him as well. Adrian, I believe his name is Gruels, will play The Rock as a 10-year-old. And Yuli Latu Kifu will play The Rock from ages 18 to 20. But main, the main character is The Rock at age 15. So uh, if you want to check out his Instagram, you can check it out and you can see a picture of the guy playing him and the guy... Like, not the guy playing him, but the guy playing him in the actual rock when he's 15 years old. So, actually, the funny thing is here, this bit of the rock, the rock looks like a grown man at age 15. He just looks like a grown man with a weird mustache, with the creepy uh, mustache. Matter of fact, <laughs> he's got a Robo the Chomo <laughs> mustache, which is kind of hilarious. But anyway, uh, are you excited to watch this show? Will you be checking it out once it comes to NBC? I, I will actually check it out. Um... As I was um, doing some cleaning, I actually discovered um, some some things that I forgot over at my mother's house many, many years ago. And one of them was a videotape of um, The Rock produced by um, WWE. At at the time, it was a WWF um, um, videotape. So that's just to let you know how long ago that was. I was gonna say so. That's like that's what a decade ago, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me, the decade, <laughs> the old uh, Ring of Honor stable. <laughs> actually, which wasn't a bad stable. No, actually did a good job. Plus, it helped it helped launch uh, to agree Adam Page, the Hangman. I mean, he didn't become the Hangman of the stable, but that sort of first put him on the map. Although it's weird as being a young boy when he's like, what, like 25? That's that's a little old to be a young boy, I think. <laughs> but also it helped launch, uh, I believe, was it Cedric Alexander was a young boy too with him at the, around that time? He sort of you know, uh, left, I think, right before he graduated, basically. Yeah. But yeah, so like I said, him, that was that was, that was was a very interesting state, but it was a little something different. You had the sort of old school guys that wanted to break the young guys in, but they also sort of used them to a degree. So it was a very, very interesting angle. Uh, what, was, what was the guy's name? Uh, the leader is BJ, uh, crap. Whitmer. Yeah, BJ Whitmer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was definitely a, a fun, interesting take and a nice sort of juxtaposition of old school versus, you know, new and then you end up obviously they did it perfectly where you had one guy who's like got sick of the stuff and just stayed up and left and the other guy just sort of stayed loyal so he ended up feuding so it was definitely a you know a good stable back in the day for Ring of Honor. I believe that I believe that ended what around 2016, 2017 I think it was. But it was definitely a definitely a good time in Ring of Honor. That reminded me the pure tournament's taking place. I have not had a chance to watch that at all yet so I definitely wanted to Swing by and get caught up on my Ring of Honor stuff. I am, I do have a couple of announcements regarding streaming services and whatnot. Uh, I meant to, I almost canceled Ring of Honor last year. Now I kind of wish I did with the COVID stuff. They haven't really been producing any new stuff. But I ended up, you know, unfortunately for the way they were set up, you were basically, you pay for the whole year and you'd pay roughly almost about the same amount as you pay for WWE, but you had to pay one year in advance basically. 
Uh, unfortunately, I tried to cancel it, and I, it, it just renewed for me. So I was like, crap. The good news is I still have it through the end of December. Uh, so I still I, I still have not had a chance to watch the two pay-per-views from last, the last two pay-per-views I have not watched yet. So at some point between now and end of December, I will watch those. Uh, but I will not be continuing that membership going forward. I actually did already cancel it just to be safe. But I still have it, you know, since it's paid for it through December, I'm still going to get caught up on that. And maybe I might watch some other some of the other old stuff in that. The other streaming news for me is uh, I finally uh, decided to switch from I went. I originally, when I first went, uh, decided to cut the cable with Sling. Sling was nice, but eventually the fact that I had no DVR was not going to work for me because I don't like to watch stuff live because I don't. I like to fast forward through the commercials, <laughs> and I like to be able to watch in my convenience. I don't like having to watch stuff when it's on, you know. So I ended up switching to ATT. Uh, now, AT, well, actually, it was Directv now at first, and it became ATT now. They did offer you like a 20-hour DVR, but you had to watch it within a month. Eventually, that got aggravating for me. And it just so happened that my uh, AT&T now expi- uh, renews t- tomorrow. And Google TV sent me a thing in the mail said, hey, if you sign up for us right now, you get a 21-day free trial and a free Google Chromecast. <laughs> That makes me think the fact that Google, you know, reads all your Gmail and all your messages and stuff. They knew that my subscription was going to expire, so they decided, "Hey, we'll give you this if you go ahead and switch right now." I'm really thinking that's really a thing that happened because I got that today. I decided to go ahead and make the jump. So I'm already, even though technically for just for the day, I'll have both services continued. Uh, I'm already enjoying the difference between Google TV and AT&T because AT&T, again, you get a 20-hour DVR for the package I get. Matter of fact, the package I have, you can't even sign up for it anymore. It was like one of those legacy packages where you were one of the first adopters that they let you keep it. But you got like, I think you got around 85 channels for that. Plus, you get like a 20-hour DVR, but you had to watch anything on your DVR within a month or delete it. Uh, Google TV has an unlimited DVR. No matter how much you record, you record as many channels you want at the same time. You keep as much as you want. And on top of it, you still get on demand. And on top of it, you get nine months to watch whatever you want within your DVR. So I'm already enjoying that part already. The only disappointing part, which means I can record all the football games and not have to worry about, uh, you know, not having enough space because it's only 20 hours. I already put in recordings for all the local Chicago teams because I, I didn't previously watch a lot of Chicago sports because I couldn't watch it. And I didn't always have the time to remember when it was on. But now if I want to watch it, I can always go back and watch it. If the game's real good, I can go back and watch it. And I don't have to worry about saving the space. So Google TV, I'm already enjoying your product. Plus, you can do automatic settings where you can record every game much easier than you can with the, with the uh, AT&T version. So the package that I have costs 5 bucks more. The only thing that I noticed that I lost off the top of my head that I wish I could still have is Access TV, which means I no longer get Impact Wrestling. Of course, there I hear there's a list of other ways I can watch that, which I might have to take advantage of allegedly, <laughs> that I won't confirm that I'm doing. <laughs> but, you know, for the time being, that's what it'll have to be until I get access. So, uh, at any rate, uh, that is my streaming update. That's the update on my personal life and my stream package. I'm sure all the fans listening are thrilled to hear, have heard about that. So I kind of, at this moment, I regret taking so much time to talk about it. But anyway, let's get back into the wrestling stuff. Uh, we got more news about The Rock that I want to discuss as well. Uh, 
Did you hear about who The Rock's going to be inducting into the Hall of Fame, Brian? I have not. The Rock is going to be inducting Ken Shamrock into the Hall of Fame. But here's the spoiler. Here's the big news. It's the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, not the WWE Hall of Fame. So The Rock is going to be presenting something on a wrestling show that is not WWE programming. Mm. So... Very, very curious. Even though he did just mention that he would like to wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, it's kind of like he's like he's stepping out on WWE on a winning. You know, I guess technically, I don't think he's under contract anyway, so it doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants. But it's interesting. He would induct Ken Shamrock into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's never done anything with wrestling outside of WWE that I'm aware of, but he's inducting Ken Shamrock into the Hall of Fame. He's basically he's doing it via video. But at the same time, he's talking, hey, I'd like to come back and wrestle Roman Reigns. <laughs> now, now here's a, there's, another, there's another element to this as well, but I'll get into it in a second because this is the third rock story that I'm going to get into. But I wanted to give you a chance. Did you want to comment on that beyond the mm, or did you want to add anything? Or, or is that your full statement right there? Full statement. Okay. Now, here's the third part to that whole He's inducting Impact. He's inducting Ken Shamrock into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, as well as, you know, sort of throwing out the field to replace Roman Reigns at uh, WrestleMania. Here's the third part to the Dwayne The Rock Johnson news. It's also sort of wrestling WWE related, but also not. We all remember, you know, a few months ago when he decided he was going to buy the XFL. When we all thought Vince McMahon was going to buy it out of bankruptcy at a discount and save himself some of that liability, that The Rock and his, uh, I think it was Redbird Capital Partners, along with his uh, ex-wife, ended up buying it. Uh, he has full control over the uh, company now. The XFL is supposed to return, not in 2021, but in 2022. Hopefully by then the COVID situation will have either run its course or, you know, there'll be a vaccine. He didn't want to try to rush things back next year, especially with the uncertainty of COVID. So he said, hey, we're going to we're gonna take a break in for another year, but we're going to bring the whole thing back in 2022. So that's like the third sort of thing that's sort of wrestling related with The Rock, also related to this man. So is this man going to be mad at The Rock for buying the XFL? Or did they have maybe a handshake, wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of deal, or maybe Vince somehow had his, quote, buddy, The Rock, buy it? Instead of you know, you know maybe having thrown that shade where the people that thought he was going to try to buy it back himself for that cheap price, so it it, it makes me wonder: is, did Vince and Dwayne sort of collude on this, or is this just something that The Rock did and Vince was pissed about? Also, it's a possibility this exists. Will this affect The Rock's relationship if Vince was pissed about it? Will this affect the relationship as far as going forward with WrestleMania or not? My guess is. It will not, because what does Vince like more than anything else? Money. Making, ma- making money. <laughs> so if The Rock can make him money, and he thinks The Rock can make him money on WrestleMania, I'm going to guess this won't affect it. Because like I said, more so than probably anybody else in the wrestling business, Vince has had a lot of feuds with people, but he never lets these feuds get in the way of making money. Because I don't think there's been anybody that, no matter what the feud was, he hasn't eventually got back in business with as far as res- related to wrestling. Because he had a feud with Bruno. Bruno came back eventually. Uh, Billy Superstar Billy Graham came back eventually. Hulk Hogan came back eventually, multiple times, sort of. <laughs> you know, 
uh, Jim Cornette, you know, I guess to a probably lesser. I don't know if they could, truly had a beef, but you know, Jim Cornette was sort of there for a while. You know, Jim Ross multiple times, sort of in and out. <laughs> so I don't think there's really there's really even Bret Hart came back and Bret, Bret Hart punched him in the face. <laughs> so if Bret Hart can come back. Matter of fact, I, I did think of one. I did think of one person who sort of never came back. Now think about it. Wasn't it Nails who did they did almost fault Vince and he, he sort of left and they never came back. I think Nails is yeah. the only guy who never came back. <laughs> uh, don't forget uh, the only other person I could think will probably be Shane Douglas. Oh yeah, Shane Douglas has never came back. So that, that is, you do raise a good point. Shane Douglas has never come back. <laughs> By the way, I did not realize that Nails was the same guy as Kevin Kelly in the AWA. There was like sure. a couple. Of, there were a couple of different Kelly, Kevin Kellys in wrestling. The other one was the announcer that we know from like Ring of Honor and WWE and some other places. I did not realize that he was the same guy as Kevin Kelly, though. So, at any rate, uh, I just happened to notice that when I looked up Nails, I wanted to confirm that Nails was the right guy for that. Yep, that's that crazy dude. <laughs> But he was Mr. Magnificent Kevin Kelly in AWA. Even though I knew both guys, I did not know they were the same character. But anyway, uh, back to the uh, world of wrestling, back to the world of the Rock. Uh, The Rock had a pretty busy week. As a matter of fact, even before the last week, he did have the other interesting thing. Did you see the story about uh, his security gate? I missed that one. Yeah, his security gate malfunctioned, so basically he just had to rip the security gate off the off the hinges and off the gate so he could get to work one morning. But you know what that mm. says to me, though? The worst what? part about that to me is if you can rip the gate off the hinges, it's not a security gate. <laughs> it's, granted, it's, a, um, it's, it's a fence. Exactly. Now, granted, the rock... Is probably stronger than what? Ninety five percent of people in the world? Maybe even more than that. Maybe ninety nine percent of people in the world is probably stronger than that. But still, I don't want any gate I, if I have a security gate, if I can rip that gate off, that's not a security gate anymore. <laughs> it's a fish. Exactly. So uh definitely want to make sure that he should get a stronger gate next time. <laughs> No, what The Rock had was a barrier. Yes, yes, it is a barrier. <laughs> you make a great point. <laughs> it might slow you down, but it's not going to stop you. But that's the way. That, that's kind of the way a gate works, anyway. Though it's just, I guess there's degrees to what to what point they can uh, throw somebody down. Indeed. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, Jack Gallagher did Jack Gallagher did release a statement regarding uh, his speaking out allegations. He was released by uh, WWE due to the allegations against him. He allegedly made unwanted advances when take no for an answer. She claims to have resisted him, but when she tried to push him off, he grabbed onto her, hanged onto her skirt to cause a drip, and she left the party after that. So apparently he attempted to do something. He wasn't able to fully pull it off. According to him, what he said is at 2014, a New Year's Eve party, I met a young woman and my behavior towards her was inappropriate. This party it was six years ago and I had drunk quite a large amount of alcohol that night. Of I do not recollect what happened. 
as general rule, if you say, I don't recall what happened, that means you did the shit. <laughs> yeah. Because the other person remembers it and you don't. <laughs> now, granted, now, granted, you know, this luckily did not escalate to a full rape from what she described, but it's, right. still, it's still terrible behavior. Uh, if you can drink, to, here's another thing. If you want to use alcohol as an excuse for what you did, in this case, you should never ever drink again at all. No, I'm gonna my, no, no, I'm gonna control myself going forward. No, I'm gonna make sure I don't drink too much. If if alcohol allegedly is what made you do that, and again, alcohol doesn't make you do anything. It does reduce your inhibitions and make you make decisions you sometimes wouldn't make when you were sober, but it doesn't make you do the stuff. Just to be clear. <laughs> but anyway, if if alcohol does this to you where it reduces your inhibitions to the point where you're trying to force yourself on a woman, you should never, ever drink again. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was that, that was his that was his statement. So I figured I'd I let him have his side, and I I so say what was alleged to happen. But anyway, go ahead, Brian. I say this though. See me, I'm I'm one of them people who um have have this rule. A junk mouth tells no lies, and with, with that, um, you could also say um, actions under the influence is still your actions, because if it's in your heart, um, you're going to do it. Now, myself, when um, I drink, uh, worst case scenario for myself, I guess I will I will be the happy drunk. But to force yourself on somebody in, in, in such a matter, it had to be in you in the first place. Yeah, that means you wanted to do it, but maybe if you weren't drunk, you wouldn't do it. But you still have to right. want to do it. <laughs> to do it, right. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that as a responsible human being, is certain things that isn't tolerated. It should not be tolerated. Forcing yourself on a person are one of um, many long list of things that should not be. The rest of the list we could talk about at a later date in time, but for the subject matter, no. Um, now, the bad question is, is releasing Jack Gallagher the right thing to do? Well, he's already been released, so <laughs> doesn't really matter if it's the right thing to do. But I, 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 I say, in your opinion, I would, I would say I, I have no problem with being released. Like I said, luckily it did not go to the fully worst possible scenario. Mm-hmm. So if they, if they, if they hadn't released him, if they had say you're going to, this is one of those cases where if they had released him, they said you're going to rehab or whatever, you know sensitivity training and blah, 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 and then also you're suspended and blah, blah, blah. If they had done that for this particular case, I probably would have said, okay, I'll allow it for this. I'm okay with them firing him. I don't have a problem with that, with him being gone. If they if they, if they they did that for this particular case, then I probably would have had, I wouldn't have had a problem with it either. But I, I won't say firing him is the wrong thing, letting go of him is the wrong thing. But if they, had, if they had cut him a break and, you know, let him sort of have the quote easy way out I wouldn't I wouldn't have had a problem with it I I look at 
what he did compared to what Velveteen Dream did, it, and it makes me say those two behaviors are sort of in the same sort of realm, even though the one yeah. was the one was like technically underage people, one was overage people, one was technically physical though, and one was just you know you know online. So that's why I sort of balanced those two things out. They're roughly in the same neighborhood. I can't say they're exactly the same, but they're the same neighborhood. The fact that they get rid of Jack Gallagher and they kept Velveteen Dream makes me think that, hey, <laughs> the reason Velveteen Dream was kept because they saw more value in him, not because of what his behavior was. I can see that. Uh, my, myself, I think uh, I wasn't going to actually bring this up, but since we on this subject, my, for me, if I was um, WWE, I probably would um, put um, Velveteen Dream um, through, through some deep psychological counseling and suspended him for six months. Because uh, it, it, it's, it's, certain, it's certain things, if you're going to, if you see value in a um, certain person and you want to keep them around, but you have to show, um, like, hey, uh, we have to um, discipline um, it, um, certain people, and we just say that it was a misunderstanding, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Fine. You're going to counseling. We're going to speed for six months, and you got to go to counseling, and hopefully you learn your lesson. You do this again, you're done, no questions asked, no comeback. Yep, but like I said, Velveteen Dream. Out of the two, I probably i I would probably be more willing to get rid of Velveteen Dream just due to the fact that it was kids involved. <laughs> right. But either way it goes, like I said, there seems to be unbalanced in the way they're being treated. Like I said, you should probably treat them both the same way because I put them, I put them, I, I sort of put both. I sort of put both things in the same in the same neighborhood. Like I said, you can never say two things are exactly the same as far as unless you just sort of get objectively the same details, but they're close enough that I'd put them in the same neighborhood. But anyway, we're almost out of time for the show this week, so I do get a couple more things I want to discuss before we get out of here. So one is, uh, have you checked out Ben Carter, the wrestler? Uh, I have not. Uh, if you if you want to, you can check him out. He worked a match on uh, AEW Dark with Gift Ricky Starks. Check him out. He's definitely a very, very talented guy. Apparently, he, he's potentially uh, in a bidding war between AEW and WWE. So, he would be a good addition to either WWE, WWE's NXT brand or uh, AEW's uh, brand as well for what they do. So, uh, apparently, he was trained by Seth Rollins and Marie Marik Braves wrestling school before he got into the business. So, uh, very, very talented guy. Definitely want to check him out. He's actually won one match on Dark against Lee Johnson. He lost the match to Scorpio Sky on late, on late Day Dynamite. So, uh, definitely uh, check him out if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Like I said, I, I, I usually watch Dark in the background as opposed to AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite, uh, uh, AEW Dynamite, I, uh, I end up uh, watching with my full attention for the most part in dark. I just watch in the background like I do raw and SmackDown usually. <laughs> Cause, 
Because, like I said, AEW Dynamite is my favorite wrestler show in the business right now. I probably, like I said, back when MLW was uh, producing new stuff, it was probably number two. Matter of fact, it was it was probably number one until Dynamite showed up. You know, sort of knocked him out the box. But those are my favorite weekly shows. Like I said, I'm still watching MLW Underground, but uh, it's on the background a little bit. And I do I do like sort of like to watch the his- wrestling history of it because I never got a chance to watch MLW the first time around. You know, for their first run, but it is a very, very enjoyable product, and especially with the Extreme Horseman and Terry Funk, and sort of seeing a lot, a lot of what the ECW guys did after ECW left those first few years. Uh, some of them went there, some of them went to XPW, and there was a couple other affairs they went through, like I said, sort of Ring of Honor, Combat Zone. I didn't get a chance to watch really any of those back in the day, so it's good to see some of these guys, you know, as they sort of moved on in their careers. Anyway, our last article for the evening that I want to go ahead and discuss is something actually a little bit different. Uh, it's Vicky Guerrero talking about how predictive Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero was of kayfabe. This is a, a hilarious story. Uh, so uh, this is SE Scoops. Uh, Jake Jeremy posted this. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of this article he posted. Uh, uh, basically, she was recently on Busted Over Radio, Sirius XM. She discussed how uh, protective Eddie Guerrero was of kayfabe when they first started dating. Now, this is the quote. Wrestling heritage in Mexico and through the Hispanic community was taken very seriously, Vicky Guerrero began on the show. You talk about kayfabe, they really protected the business in so many ways. And it wasn't for three years when I was dating Eddie, he would not let me into any of the secrets of psychology or anything about wrestling. Three years. Because he always told me in due time, I will let you know what's going on. By the way, I do want to clarify. When I say three years, and I repeat it three years, if, and it wasn't for three years when I was dating Eddie, that was actual quote. I repeated the second three years just because that, that, that blew me away. <laughs> but anyway, uh, because he always told me in due time, I'll let you know what's going on. She went on this. She later discussed how difficult it was seeing Eddie perform brutal matches in Mexico before she was, quote, smartened up to the business. I always see the wrestling happen, which is really big from 86 to 95, and I mean it. When I saw Eric Ramumbo get his fork and make Eddie bleed, I was like, I was a mess because here's my boyfriend in the ring bleeding. And here's probably the most shocking part of the story. Quote, and there's a diapers full of crap, exclamation point. Vicky Guerrero will continue. Fans were throwing them at the heels. I didn't understand because recently I saw on American TV with Hulk Hogan and Von Erichs, there was no diapers with crap being thrown into the ring. So why is it okay here in Mexico but not in the States? I was very green and I didn't know a lot. Girl would finish by discussing the sense of family that was a hugely important part of the scene in Mexico. I did know that going back into the locker room is such a deep-rooted family history. There's a love for this sport. And everyone is just so appreciative of the sport that they were involved in. <laughs> I don't know about you, but... uh. If I get hit, if they throw in diapers or crap at me, <laughs> I'm not sure if I would quit. I'd be fighting them both. <laughs> might be a combination of both. I might whoop somebody's ass so bad that I get fired. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one it's one thing in wrestling if um you you get booed. Um, I could recall doing, um, I want to say Bash at the Beach when, um, Hulk Hogan turned 
on WCW and went to the NWO. Remember when they they threw all the trash in the ring and stuff? Oh, get that. But the minute you start doing feces, oh, 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 okay, see, that's when it's going to be one of them things like uh, the um, the riot in Detroit when it was the Detroit Pistons playing the Indiana Pacers back in the day. Yeah, Actually, that it would be, be that something would be like that. That would be hilarious to see the Pacers. Be, see the, the Pacers. Imagine seeing the Indiana Pacers <laughs> in a Lucha Libre crowd. They throw a diaper. <laughs> I just, I just want to see it. It, it. All remember all all Ron Artest, not Ron Artest. Not, a world piece of the uh, other guy in Penn or whatever, whatever he called himself later I said. But imagine no, no, the no, old no, 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 no. I, I, that's why I said Ron Artest. No, that's what, that's what I said. Imagine, imagine Ron Artest. <laughs> it's just like stand on the court, he gets hit with a diaper. <laughs> he probably would have just hit one fan. He would have hit all the fans. <laughs> Matter of fact, you know what I think he would have did? You ever see those cartoons? What? Like you just take it, you just take your hand and stick it up. And you just, and you just run. So you slap like four people, just like, just run down the aisle with your hand out, slapping everybody. <laughs> what did the folks say in the face? Slap. <laughs> now remember, um, I, I don't know if you ever used to watch Popeye, and when Popeye used to do do, do that twister punch. The yeah, twister. I could. I, yeah, he um he uh, okay he he like uh, twist his arm, um like uh, kind of like a corkscrew, so he oh, could yeah. just uh, so he he could like um do some type of punch um the mess up a, a bunch of people. I could see Jermaine O'Neal in a cartoon like form, kind of like with, with Roger Rabbit doing something like that, and then hitting two or three people who, who um. Um, who he 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 um he seeing coming into the ring. He's <laughs> like, what kind of crap is this? Oh, this is baby crap. Oh hell nah. Then they be like, let's get him. He said, oh, you gonna get me? I'm gonna get you with this twist of punch. Just be glad it's not Delonte West. <laughs> oh god. Your ass might get shot or shanked with a broken bottle. You don't know. Either one's a possibility. Or, or best case scenario, karate chop. <laughs> but anyway, uh, show's almost over, so we're going to go ahead and uh, head out. You got any final words before we go, Brian? Uh, final words um, would be, um, if I'm not mistaken, G1 Tournament is uh, um, should, should be up um, and going to New Japan. And um, the Pure um, Wrestling Tournament and um, Ring of Honor is um, also going. So for um, all you um, wrestling fans, uh, check it out. Be aware. It's one of those um, tournaments where if you're a Pure Wrestling fan, I believe you will enjoy um, both tournaments. So um, um, see, um, see them, enjoy them, and it's always a good alternative to American wrestling. Yep. I agree with everything you just said. So watch pro wrestling. Like I said, watch indies, 
Watch some national companies, watch some Japanese stuff, watch some Mexican stuff, just watch wrestling because it is enjoyable. If you don't like the product currently being made in this country, there's great versions of it all over the world that you can still enjoy. And like I said, there's even versions that can feel great that aren't necessarily the main name, name brand to check out. So anyway, enjoy regular wrestling, enjoy strong style, lucha libre, every other version. Just keep watching wrestling. You've been listening to WrestleHums. We'll be back next week. This is the Slickster, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then, uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Cam Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums. came looking for booty. I like you, and I want you. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.